the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, it, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he pinned me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If if Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mention a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name and happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. Hello and welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I am your host, JP John Paz, and today we have a special guest. He is the former trainer the head trainer at the WCW Power Plant. You may know him as Sergeant Buddy Lee, Buddy Lee Parker, the WCW Superstar, or the Sarge. He is Mr. D. Wayne Bruce. Welcome to the two-man power trip. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you all for having me. What have you been up to? What's been going on in your well, world? Well, uh, I've been out of the wrestling business for a little while, uh, and then all of a sudden, everything's taken off. Uh, I've got a convention down in Jacksonville, Florida coming up uh, next week uh, with uh, Cactus Jack, I mean, uh, Sergeant Slaughter, a bunch of guys from the power plant. So everything's rolling pretty good. Have you been kind of paying attention to the business? Do you always pay close attention to the business or not really? Uh, I'm going to tell you, uh, today's business, no. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, It's just not what it used to be. So I I mainly follow whatever the era that I wrestled at. So. As far as today's wrestling, do you, well, like, is there something wrong? Do you not like the way it's presented? What do you kind of see? With I don't like wrestling? the way it's presented. Uh, you know, uh, we used to do, you know, sure, we got our finish, but we used to call everything in the ring, and now it just looks like a choreographed whatever. So, yeah, I quit following it. It definitely is different, for sure. I mean, a lot of the guys straight up just practice the match backstage, and they do it out. There is definitely no calling it in the ring. No. No. And uh, I believe it or not, I've caught it with top guys. Uh, I had no resistance from anybody, you know. And I looked at my wrestling book the other day because uh, we used to keep a separate book so we didn't leave it on our phones so we wouldn't get our numbers. 
but so many people's passed away. It's uh, that's what made me jump out for a while. So, but I'm hanging in there, man. Things are going strong. With kind of current wrestling, why do you think it went to that? Like, why? Like, why the change? Because it seems to be working. You know, obviously with the. Uh some of the most popular periods of all time. Why do you think the change happened? I'm really not sure. I think Vince probably had a lot to do with it. And AEW, it seems like they're one big high spot. So I think people are starving for the uh, old way of wrestling back in the 80s and 90s. And, uh, well, I wrestled in the 80s. So you know, uh, late 80s and 90s. Uh, so, and all of, I was with WCW for 22 years. So, yeah, it's a lot to take in these days. Oh, yeah. And uh, as far as WCW, when you actually kind of broke in there, I guess it was the late 80s, was Jim Hurd kind of running the ship then? Yes. Yes, he was. And I don't think people know this, but I made four video games with EA Sports in Vancouver. I built rings. I wrestled, uh, you know, because I was under TBS, you know. Uh, so I had insurance that other guys didn't have. So, you know, I feel pretty lucky about it. When you break in under Jim Hurd, how is he? Because, you know, you always hear different stories of him, like, oh, he's a pizza guy and didn't know anything about well, I've heard that. I've heard that from everybody. You know, actually, Assassin Number One broke me in, Jody Hamilton, and uh, actually, Ole Anderson recommended me going to his school. So I had a lot of a lot of influence on me there. So yeah, that's kind of why I am like I am today. Ole Anderson, known as being a Pretty tough, right? Pretty harsh. Can be a little abrasive. Yeah, but if he could wrestle, I mean, I remember one time they fired a Samoan SWAT team and they put us against the Steiners every night for 30 weeks. Sure, we got our heat on them but with a nightstick, but, uh, and you got to hit them. <laughs> they can beat the crap out of you, so you better do what you got to do, you know? So, What did you think of Ole as far as just the way he was and not how he treated people, but, you know, how he treated you and what did you kind of think of his overall attitude? I thought he was awesome. I know everybody talks about how he's rude and all that, but he was great to me. I mean, just like I just said, he just recommended me to Jody Hamilton School. So, you know, I have nothing to say bad about him. He's used us so many times as a state patrol just because we could – Wrestle everybody. I've wrestled everybody from. I trained the Giant. I trained Bill Goldberg. I trained Dallas Page, Kevin Nash. I mean, Tory Wilson. The list goes on and on and on. And I don't understand why some of them say the power plant was wasn't successful, but it was. It created. I mean, Carl Malone, Kevin Green, bless his soul. He used to drive over from Alabama just to train me. He had a gym, and uh, you know his NFL background. So mm-hmm. I had I never hit, hit any resistance nowhere. So fortunate, I'm sure I was. The power plant 
Definitely. I mean, we'll get into that maybe even more later. But, man, you're right. They had quite a lineup of stars. That is funny that people say, oh, who did, you know, who did WCW start? And, you know, you name the list of huge stars and names and all these big draws. Like, yeah, the power plant did pretty good. Yeah. And, you know, that's when Bob Sapp, uh, you know, he went over and fought the, their version of UFC. Uh, now he lives in Thailand. So I had a lot of influence on him far as a shoot move and stuff so you know he was able to adapt and cope with uh japan so yeah i've influenced a lot of people and i'm proud of it man when bob Sapp first came on the scene in japan who was he a big star kickboxing he was awesome obviously years later he would kind of not be as into it and he's not motivated but when he was motivated he was great in Friday Friday championship great in k1 I mean, he was a, a literally a beast. I mean, he's about to be sad, but he was like he was phenomenal at that point. And motivated. he was huge. I mean, uh, I, you know, I think he's bigger than Bill. So, oh yeah, uh, definitely. You know, definitely. You know, uh, and then I had uh, like um, Bret Hart. Uh, he got kicked by Bill, and he said there was uh, there was no influence on protecting your person in the ring at the power plant, and that's quite the opposite. I think it's shame on him. He's been a veteran in this sport, and the guy's about 290 getting the ultimate push he ever, anybody's ever got, and he don't know to get his hand up. That's his fault, you know? That's the way I look at it. With, and I'm know, not go- trying to talk bad about anybody. I'm right. just talking. So, With Goldberg, was that kind of uh... – I know we're all over the place, but I want to talk about Goldberg no, too. No, yeah. Um, with him, he meant like that rocket ship. I, I don't think there's ever been a guy before or since that's got a push like that and, and and became the world champion, right? I mean, have you ever seen something like that before? That no, phenomenon? no. And I was, you know, I trained Bill, so and you know, some of them moves we come up just messing around in the ring in a private session, of course. But uh, yeah, I think a lot of him. Uh, I think, you know, he's done really well for himself. So uh, nobody could deny that. So now he's living in Texas. So, yeah, he moved. When you first saw him, obviously from the, you know, the Atlanta Falcons and from the football field in that realm, do you think like, oh, okay, this guy is, you know, he's a big piece of clay, or what, what did you kind of think when you first saw him? No, actually when he walked in the first day, I was kind of impressed. Because uh, he's very humble, uh, he did squats with me. I mean, he did squats and everything. So he's a very, very humble guy, and I knew right from the get go with his attitude that he was going to make it. So, and there's no denying that, right? So, he's no. Made it. Oh, he made it uh, one of the biggest draws ever, and in one of the biggest, most important, craziest periods ever in wrestling when it was the Monday Night Wars. He was one of the top guys. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I witnessed it myself. Uh, you know, and I was at the Georgia Dome when he beat Hulk Hogan, you know, and actually the security guards didn't recognize his family, so I took them to their seat. <laughs> wow. Front. And uh, then I watched the match. You know, I wasn't booked on the card, but. That's okay, you know. A lot of times you learn from watching, right, and learn right. from stories, and that's how I learned sitting in the car, keeping my mouth shut and eyes open, and listen, you know. And that's I think I picked it up 
Within three, uh, within about two months, I had my first match on TV. So, uh, yeah, I picked it up really fast. Now, as far as the power plant, because I think that is such a big part of like your story and your history, and how yeah. so many people probably remember you. How did you actually kind of become the trainer? Was it Jody Hamilton? Is he the one that kind of put you in that position to be the head no, trainer of the power plant? No, I just took it. <laughs> you know. Uh, oh wow. Yeah, I just owned it, man. You had to run with the ball, and that's what I did. So uh, he'd come out and look, you know, when we had A&E, and I've been on Good Morning America, you know, Life Magazine, a bunch of stuff. And uh, he'd come out and then uh, and uh, on TV and stuff, and then he'd come out and watch some people. But I just had to run with the ball. So, I mean, he's a great person, still is, you know, and so is Nick Patrick as his son. But you know, as a referee for I don't know how many years, you know, back when it was NWA. So uh, the history keeps going, man. It's just, you know, it's funny how it all makes a 360 turn, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what year was it that you kind of just took charge of the power plant and you know made it your own? Uh, about '89, because the power plant's been in three different. You know, it was in Jonesboro, then it was uh, downtown Atlanta, then it moved off of uh, where we moved in, you know, uh, at the newest one with Paul Orndorff. And I think I got a lot of heat there because I just doing what they told me to do. I didn't ask for the position. I was just put there. So, you know, it. so for me, I guess it's uh, gratifying, great to watch my students make it, and I'm really proud of all of them. Now, the last incarnation, the one with Paul Orndorff, who put you there? Was that like Bischoff putting you in there? Or? Bischoff put me there. I didn't have a choice. In fact, I put all the, you know, I had a full-blown gym, shower upstairs, uh, uh Anything you may want for as an NFL team or any team that you would see, we had it. So, yeah, I put it all together, weights and mats and everything together and by myself. And uh, believe it or not, back then I could incline press four or five or ten reps without a spotter. So, you know, and I always pride myself on my cardio and being able to work with tall guys, short guys, loose-jewer guys and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm I'm really satisfied with what I've done. I got some stuff coming up too. Now, what is your background as far as is, do you have a military background, or did they just give uh, you that nickname? I was in the Coast Guard. I was in the Coast Guard actually. So I know you think I was in the Marines or something, but no. Yeah, the way you in, ran those camps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, I was actually in the Coast Guard, but. People don't realize uh, Coast Guard's the second toughest boot camp uh, next to the Marines. Uh, they have to go out and save people. Look what they do in Alaska and all over, Great Lakes, you know, and stuff. So I was really fortunate, and I think I was fortunate about my career. I'm happy with it. I don't know what everybody else thinks, but, you know, uh, they're going to think what they're going to think, right? Yeah. So that tough kind of background that tough training you definitely put it towards 
the wrestlers and the way they were trained because I remember that A&E special guys are puking, you know, they, they, they can't make it. But is that kind of a way to weed out the guys that don't really want it? Yeah, you got to have heart. You know, if you don't want it bad enough, that's why it was like it was. If You know, to weed out the people that really thought they could do it and they can't, and that's the way it was. And that's the way I was trained also. So the tradition has been passed down to me from old school, and I just ran with a bottle, man. That's, you know, sometimes improv is the best thing you could do. So... uh it's like we're doing. We're just talking off the sleeve right now, right? So mm-hmm. that's the way it was. So yeah, I was just it's talking not like to, that no more. No, definitely, definitely not like that anymore. I was just talking to Alan Funk not that long ago. He was saying how tough those camps were, and like you really had to want it. Yeah, See, I got a podcast coming up with him, and then he's going to meet me in Jacksonville for the convention. Um, man, there's so many people going to be there. Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, I mean, it list just goes on and on. So I'm really excited about that. I'm so excited. We're going to be on vacation. I'm driving to Jacksonville just for this. <laughs> so Nice. Nice. Yeah. My wife ain't too happy about it, but <laughs> she knows me, you know, so she got over it. <laughs> With those guys, there's a guy like Batista who went through there and got tough training, said he's puking like crazy. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't really make it then. I mean, obviously, he eventually ended up making it, but he didn't make it then. Well, I'll be honest, WCW wasn't out to training people like that. So uh, I know he's foul-mouthing me, but I think that's the best thing that ever happened to him. Look at him now, uh, you know, going from a bouncer to a movie star. There's no denying now. So he's a bouncer making hundred dollars a night. So I think he, uh, I think he benefited from what we did to him. Yeah, I agree. Toughened him up for sure for for yeah. you know his, his next go well, around, especially his size and stuff. You know, I've even had Matt Hardy and them try out, and they were so small and. Then they wasn't athletic, so they got looked over. So that's a shame. So, um, yeah, I've, I've, I'm not with WWF, but I've influenced a lot of people up there, Charles. So those guys who do make it, you know, the Alan Funks, the Mike Sanders of the world. Do you look at them just more like, wow, these guys really wanted it? Or did you think they had, like, maybe the it factor is intangible? How do you kind of assess, like, wow, these guys can make it and these other guys can't? Well, uh, you know, from the attitude, from the squat, they did everything that, you know, with me. I don't even know how I'm walking, really. But uh, hmm. uh, stupid years of weightlifting and, you know, I was a three-sport athlete in high school and, you know, everything, but their attitude is what kept them in the game. And, you know, once I saw that, I knew they were going to make it, and I'm really proud of them for making it. You know, you can't hold nothing back on guys like that, right? you got to be glad that they made it and happy with it, you know, and I am. So I've seen some of the, you know, the A&E stuff and some of the training and some, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, but what is a normal day at the power plant for the wrestlers? Well... <laughs> I tell them what we're doing. If you show up and not ready, that's shame on them, right? 
So we'd start out with 50 Hindu squats and push-ups and running the ropes and stuff like that because we didn't know if people were going to stay, you know. So I gave them nicknames, <laughs> you know, because I didn't know if they were going to stay or what they were going to do when they tried out, you know. So, yeah, it evolved in a great machine, and I'm so proud of it, you know, proud of all my guys and proud of all of the athletes that I trained and uh, and stuff. Uh, even I worked out with Carl Ballone in the ring, so, you know, but uh, they don't warn him about me, so, <laughs> you know, he was wise to the deal. So, yeah, it's a, it, it's been a wild experience, and I'm still going through it. So, you know, I'm, I'm real fortunate, and I don't know how many people have, made it as far as I have, I haven't researched that, or I'm not going to say I didn't care, I do care, uh, but yeah, it, I just ran with a ball, you know, so. When they're going through, you know, the normal day there, and they're doing all that, that tough training, is a lot of guys, like, gassing out, is it hard for most of the guys, or are they getting through Oh, it? yeah, oh, yeah. You know, I always believe in cardio. If you can out-cardio somebody, you can do what you want. And that's how I trained them. You know, Ewan Skipper, you know, all them guys. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if I tell you everything's going to happen and you show up the power plant and you're not ready for it, uh, shame on them, man. It's not me. It's uh, It's them. So... You know, I, I'm really proud of the guys that have tried out, you know. Uh, that's shocking to say, but, you know, I ran through so many people in one month. I mean, in three days, I started out with 20 people. By the second day, I have four or five, and that's usually people that made it. So, uh, yeah. Would you train those guys, like, not not to not make it, but would you make it so hard on them that they would almost want to quit? But uh, yeah. They, you know what I mean? Like that kind of attitude? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I always believe you got to, you know, have pride in what you do. So that's how I train guys, you know, and uh, the cream rises to the top. So there you go. That's how it happened. When the power plant is kind of rocking and rolling, does Bischoff show up? Does Kevin Sullivan show no. up? No. No. no, never those guys come down. No, no, no. They just let me do what I'm doing. Now Kevin Sullivan influenced my career too. Uh, so and Jimmy Hart, you know, and them guys, you know, top guys. So I have nothing bad to say about anybody. So that's a good thing. Who was your crew at the power plant? Was it Pez Whiteley and Paul Andros? Well, Pez was there, but he. God bless his soul. He really didn't do nothing. He's more of a mouthpiece. And Mike Winter was there, but he couldn't wrestle, couldn't do nothing. I mean, he usually did setups in the corner, you know, and I just, I handled everything. So I just had to take, take control. So is there like a break, like where the guys, like these guys are doing this, these guys are doing that, or... Right? Is there three rings set up? Is that the way it goes? And and you kind of spread uh, the guys four, out? Four rings. Four rings, okay. Yeah. Um, like I say, when we moved over with Paul Horndorf, it was like a Japanese JoJo. 
you know, and I went to Japan. Stan Hansen got me over there, so he never gets anybody anywhere. So that's just speak for itself. I guess about the state patrol anyway. All oh, Japan, right? You guys had a couple tours. Oh yeah, we did several, and then we were sabotaged. Uh, so to keep me at the power plant. So yeah, because we had a spot on the bus. You know, they didn't gave us. Every time we went, they done up their uh, pay, uh, gave us bonuses and stuff, and it's just a shame. But I guess if you look at it, everybody just wanted me at the power plant. Not the Japanese people. They wanted to keep us. I don't know if you've ever looked at that. but uh, And, yes, I did some jobs, I mean, even for the people that I trained. But. You know what? Uh, it don't matter. I mean, you do uh, you do what you're told, and you try your hardest, and that's it. So, what do you think about the term when they say "quote unquote" jobbers? That like that, oh, that, that drives that, me crazy. Yeah, enhancement guys and all that. Listen, we're all wrestlers. Uh, no matter where you sit on the card. You know, and I've sat on top of the cards with the top of the people. So, you know, I and when I hear that, it just, uh, I can't tell you what it does to my stomach. It just, it makes me mad. I'll tell you honestly, it just makes me mad. It's one of those kind of weird things. It, it's They were known as carpenters at one point or like elevators and things. And then they kind of, I don't know when, but that term kind of changed for some reason. Yeah, and I don't know what for, uh, but when I heard jobbers and whatever, I uh, this turned me off. I was just pissed. But uh, but nobody ever treated me that way. So you know, uh, you got to earn their respect. Uh, once you earn their respect, because I rode with Rick Rude and uh, you know Kurt Henning, God bless their souls. And uh, top guys, I I didn't really ride with, I'm not going to say jobbers, but I didn't just ride with the lower people. But when they were paying for my hotel and rental car stuff, I'd take the power plant people with me so they'd get a a payday. And then, you know, plus they didn't spend no money on the road. So I see it as a win. So, and then when I made the video game, I made it with people out of the school. They didn't send me top guys. I had to make it out of school. And then eventually, when they were launching the video game, they sent me Bill Bigelow and Conan, which Conan was horrible. But, um, and then, uh, you know, and then Bischoff called me and said, nobody can get hurt. They're on a pay-per-view. And I said, I guess I was a, a bouncing ball. So, they come in in a limo. We were doing, me and Bam Bam were doing mocap in the ring, so we jumped them. And then Bill ended up pressing me, throwing me out, and Bam Bam caught me. We went through a table. At some point, I was hit with a computer, and Bill speared me through two walls. So, uh, yeah, that's a crazy story, right? <laughs> yeah, at the least. Uh, well, the that's the first thing they had in that uh Studio and the guy at ENA cut it out, and we all autographed it. As far as I know, it's still hanging up at EA. So I've definitely uh, done a lot of stuff. Yeah, very, very cool. 
As far as just going back to the power plant, I'm just okay. so curious about, like, the setup. So it's four rings, and then what's going on in all those four rings? How many wrestlers are there at, at one time? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I jumped from ring to ring all day long, uh, you know, because I had Tori Wilson. I mean, a lot of people don't know that. And some of the Nitro girls and me and Paul had a fight because they were teaching them a drop kick. And I said, darn, they're going to bust a boob. You know, I was teaching the <laughs> basics, you know, because they all had boob jobs. So, right. you know, you got to think about that, too, <laughs> you know. So that's why me and Paul got into it. And I'm not trying to down him. He's got cancer now, throat cancer. So I'm not going to say shame on him. Or, I don't look down at nobody in the business. I just I just do what I can do, do everything I could do, and then just go from there. When, you know, Paul is there, is he like the assistant? Like, what's what is his role? Or is yeah, he's is there more like, technically roles. Yeah, he was more the mouthpiece. Uh, I did everything. Me and him uh, got into it because he said these guys are late, and I said, "Hell, you! They're on contracts. Find them. You know, <laughs> you know, they're grown men under contract. So, I mean, what? Well, how was I going to put up with that? You know, yeah, me and Paul got into it. You know, and got into it in the, in the, uh, his office and stuff. And uh, actually, he missed a dig um, uh, meeting. I went in the meeting. Uh, he didn't like it, but I went into the meeting and I was talking to him. I said, Let me run the power plant. Give me Brad Armstrong, Tim Horner, a couple good heels, and we can run a show right out of the power plant. You know what they told me? That was too much like a reality show. Now, look at TV now. But my idea was, like, get their background, you know, actually put a camera in the back seat because we went to a lot of Waffle Houses because that was the only thing that was open. I mean, you see all of us in there. Uh, We tried to kayfabe, you know, as much as we could. And I was a big one about that when Supposedly broke my arm. I made the cast and everything. They told me I didn't have to wear it. I was like, oh, shit, people are watching. So, you know, yeah, I guess I'm old school. But uh, like I said, I'm real happy with what I've done, and I'm happy about the power plant. It just drives me crazy when they do say it's unsuccessful. And and looking back, everything I went through and, and I've done, yeah, it makes me mad because uh, you can go, you can go to the power plant uh, deal if it's still up or Wikipedia, and they'll give you a list of top people, and there's like ninety top people that I've trained. So I think the power plant was a success, huge success. Have you seen the performance center, which is basically somewhat uh, of a copy I've of like an NFL facility and the power plant? Yeah, I've seen it, but that's, I think it was more glamorized. Uh, You know what I mean? That tough enough and all that, that was a bunch of crap. I mean, they didn't do what we did. So, you know, and they tried to do whatever they're going to do. I'm not going to fault Bill DeMott for trying to be me (laughs) and stuff when he was running it down there with Jody in Deep South, and he had a contract to pay people. In fact, I went down there. And one people was rolling up the mat. I was like, what the hell's going on? And, you know, Regal and all them were there. 
Dave Taylor, uh, a bunch of them. And they said, oh, Sarge, it ain't like it used to be. So I I took my bag in, and I grabbed my bag, and I just walked out. So, And their idea was to have me run classes, but uh, it's just too much for me to stomach, you know. So were you actually going to be, like, under the WWE contract and working at Deep South? Uh, yeah, I was going to be actually be, because Jody had the, uh, Jody Hamilton had the contract for that. So I was going to be under contract under him. And, uh, you know, and uh, I know Steve Pritchard never liked me and stuff because of what I did and stuff. But I'm not going to fault them for that, you know. I had a chance to go. Uh, I wasn't going to uproot my family and take a chance on that, you know, because it changed my whole geographic of my family. Uh, in fact, all my family lives at my home right now. We're so glad, you know, because we sit out here in Gorilla and watch my grandson ride his ATV and pull and he got so much stuff I can't even pronounce. I mean, call it all, but he's spoiled. But uh, we <laughs> love it, you know. We sat here and under some gold lights and grill out and mess with each other, pick at each other all the time. My wife and my son pick at me all the time, so I think it's a running joke at my home. So, you know, there you go. And it's just uh, like a whirlwind. It just, I mean, it seemed like it was yesterday. So, yeah. I'm when, still trying to catch my win, I think. <laughs> <laughs> when the power plant, like, closes, is that something where you know, that was, like, immediately when you might have had the Deep South job? Or, like, a, that, or is, no, am I thinking it way, wasn't I thinking you know, way every, down the future? Or was, was it was way that, down like, the five future. years later, right, maybe? Yeah. And actually, I opened my own place. And then... uh Come to find out the guy didn't have the backers, he said, well, so I lost a lot of money for two years. But I'm not looking at that, you know. I influenced a lot of people then, you know. and So, yeah, I'm really proud of the power plant. I'm proud of how I wrestled. I'm proud of everybody who went through. And some of the people didn't make it because they tried, you know, and that's what it's about. you got to try. And, yeah, I had a lot of people from the service, a lot of people from NFL backgrounds, and you could go and uh, look at that if you wanted to. But uh, but believe me, uh, uh, it was tough, and I'm proud of everything. The power plant was a success, and uh, how dare people say it wasn't. So um, it does make me mad when they say it wasn't, so... The power plant, there's no doubt about it, its place in history was very legendary. And then there's so many guys that just came out of there and either became big stars or either wrestled on TV. All the natural born thrillers, Kid Romeo, Eagle Skipper. I mean, there was a bunch Chuck of Columbo, yep. uh, all of them guys. They all made it. And then some of them went over to WWF for a while. So, uh, you know, so I'm really proud of what I've done, you know, and a lot of people don't think uh, that we produce what we produce, but beg them to go look at history, you know. Uh, I've been in Life magazine, uh, you know, so much stuff. You know, it's hard to put 
pull everything off the top of my head right now, but uh, yeah, I was a shorter guy, but you know what? I worked out, and you know I eat like uh, four meals a day, uh, three protein drinks, and all that. So, and then you know, and it costs a lot of money to eat healthy on the road, as well, you know. But uh, yeah, Uh, so. Uh, you know, I'm looking at WWF and A and I mean A AEW, and I, you know I see a little bit of difference, but really uh, I don't see a lot of difference. So I'm not downing them guys. Don't think I am. A lot of my friends are there and different stuff. Uh, I don't know why they didn't reach out to me. I can't answer that question for you, but um, yeah. So I'm still plugging away and fighting for the business. I'm running training sessions. And, uh, in fact, uh, I had a buddy of mine just posted on Facebook today. Well, I think I did, actually. But, uh, you know, I trained Brian Clark. It was Wrath. And then he was, uh, God, what was he at WCW? The tag, Chronic at Tag Team. Yep. And Brian Adams passed away, and I think Brian took it really hard. He did. He threw all this stuff away and was out of business for many years. But everybody's calling him, wanting him to come in because they want. I think they're craving the older stuff, you know. I think there's still a market for that, you know. I don't think it could go absolutely back to the way it was, but there's somewhere in between I think will work. With kind of your in-ring career, like, let's talk the end of WCW when they kind of brought you back in. Like, you kind of wrestled sparingly throughout the 90s, of course, but towards the end of WCW, they bring you in in December of 2000, and you kind of start a little feud. Like, you lose a match to Goldberg, and then, really, it starts a feud with Luger and Buff, who's totally buffed and and part of this Magnificent Seven thing. But it's just interesting the way it unfolds. So, you come back, you're Dwayne Bruce this time. Goldberg beat you on that Tuesday night Nitro. Then Luger well, beat, you, beat you on Thunder. And then you beat Buff, you know, in a few weeks' time on Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I, nobody had talked to me. Nobody told me anything. I was just winging it. So, you know, I can't explain why the office didn't come to me. I can't explain why Bill didn't come to me. Or Lex or Buff or any of them. Lex and Buff is in bad shape now, so I hate talking about them. But, uh, yeah, I was just winging it, you know, because nobody told me anything. So I think the original thing was me to beat Bill, you know, at at the sin. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess I missed the opportunity there, but when they don't tell you nothing, you're just winging it. That's kind of what you do. Yeah, so basically they, they really pump up the fact that you train Bill. So that's like the big thing with Luger and Buff. They're saying, oh, okay, we'll get to Bill by getting to his trainer, who he was close with. So that's like the the crux of the feud. And even you and Goldberg beat Chronic, who we just literally just mentioned, on a Nitro leading into Sin. So it was it was a good little storyline as far as just putting you and Bruce together and kind of solidifying the fact that, oh, this was Bill Goldberg's trainer. Yep. I'm very proud of that. You know, I just hate the way it ended up and – stuff and uh but i can't look back at that i mean it's in the past so you got to keep going forward 
So that's what I'm doing. So, yeah, and then, uh, Bill lived in Dawsonville, Georgia. Then he moved out to California, and now he lives in Texas. And I don't hear anything from DDP. So, you know, but I, I still got a lot of people I hear from all the day, all the time. So I can't, you know, they moved on with their lives, so I can't fault them for that, right? Right. With Goldberg, they never told you it was going to be, like, a part of the storyline where his career was going to be on the line? They they didn't, like, kind no. of... They didn't tell me nothing. Stuff? No. I was just winging it because <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it, I guess it kind of sucks that they didn't come to me, so, uh, you know, I would have went out on top. You know, if I had a beat, Bill. Yeah, because that's thin. It totally buffed Luger and Bagwell. They beat you guys. It was a no-DQ match. Like, a fan gets involved with his old chicanery. But you and Goldberg end up losing. And then, really, Goldberg is, quote-unquote, forced to retire. And then two months later, WBF by WCW. So that's really Goldberg's last, you know, match and appearance. It seemed like it was going to be leading to something for, as far as his return. But that was not to be. Well, he stood on contract this, to this day. You know, uh, so I don't know what to say about that. I mean, is that crazy? Sure, him and Undertaker didn't mesh too well, you know, because I wrestled Mark Callis the last day he was at WCW and on TV. And next thing you know, they said we couldn't do anything, didn't have a mouth, all that, and they couldn't do nothing with him. Well, look, I'm a mouthpiece, and the rest is history. Same way with Stone Cold. I walked. I rode with him down in Columbus in a 66 Ford. They said, he's a U.S. champ. You can't be driving shit like that. He said, go to hell. I'll drive what I want. And Rick Rude was the same way. He drove a 1972 Chevy Impala convertible, and he loved that car. I rode with him. And uh, I don't understand their method, you know, because guys are going to be what they are. They should accept that. And and play off of it, man. That would have been a great story for everybody, uh, you know, uh, interested in wrestling, right? So uh, I think people should give them guys a break, you know. So And Rick Root is legendary for WWF, and I think it was WWE then. Uh, and all them guys are legendary. In fact... I was down at Disney one time, and I seen the best match Hulk Hogan's ever had was Kurt Henning. I mean, they went, I mean, they went like 20 minutes, you know. And was that for the uh, XWF? Yes. I was down for that, too. They brought me down. I built the ring for that. Uh, drove it down. I even went to uh, Las Vegas, taking the ring out there, and Vince had some kind of... Uh, mechanical whatever and we had road warriors we had you know gosh it was overwhelming the you know all the guys were out there i mean jimmy hart i mean there were so many people out there it looked like a pay-per-view so you know and then i got in the truck and drove back to tampa then flew into atlanta (laughs) and then go straight to a tryout uh so yeah crazy it? Yeah, and didn't XWF have some sort of big backer or supposedly some big yeah, backer? They had, they had, uh, yeah, they had a backer from the NFL over merchandise. Uh, 
And what killed it was they wanted Hope Hogan to sign a 10-year deal, and he lived in Clearwater. That was a great deal for him. But Vince came in and swooped both of them up for one pay-per-view to just kill it off. And, yeah, he's kind of done that uh, several times. I'm not faulting him. He, business is business. You know, he's trying to protect himself. But, uh, yeah, it's a shame for the business, though. Yeah, when he bought WCW, what were your thoughts? Like, okay, this is you know, this the go. end of the business as we know it. Yeah, I didn't go. I was supposed to be in Panama City that night. I didn't go. Uh, and I know a lot of guys just sat down on their contract, which I don't know. I guess money's money. But I think pride and everything should be part of that, right? I, I really do. You know, proud of what you've done, proud of what you accomplish and make it out of something, you know? Uh, you know, I mean, they were paying, uh, um, not Jimmy Hart, but uh, Bret Hart a lot of money, you know? And and uh, they're paying Vince Russo a lot of money, and I'm sure he get paid by WWE and W uh, and WCW because that's when he tried to turn Bill Hill. Do you remember that? Yes. That was god-awful. That was a terrible idea. So, I know he was a double agent. So, he was come here to just run us into the ground. Did a lot of people think that, too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's very unliked in the wrestling world. Very. Russo has got a bad name. And I'm not trying to fault him. I'm just telling it like it is. So if he don't like that, hell with him. No. Because I've always spoke the truth. I always thought truth was the best policy, you know. That's the way my dad raised me and stuff. And, you know, I've never veered from that. So, you know, I think being up front with people is the utmost thing you can do. And I was, was up front with people. And uh, a lot of people didn't like me for that, uh, I'm sure. you got to hold some pride in what you do and everything. So I'm really proud of what I've done. I just want to go through some of the gimmicks you had at WCW just because <laughs> I, I just curious you if you liked the it. Leprechaun, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I, was just, I want to know if you liked it or not. So Braun the Leprechaun, did you like that gimmick for the Dungeon of Doom? Yes. Yes, and then what killed it was that stupid Leprechaun movie sent us a letter ceasing just this, and Bischoff cut it off right away. Even though it was Kevin Sullivan's idea, Jimmy Hart was pushing it. I tell you what, uh, I was a Leprechaun and ran out of sturgeons at Bite Week. Now, you going to tell me my nerves <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> upset? Yeah, I thought they were going to boo me out of things, but when I come out and beat the crap out of people, he they cheered, and uh, they were revving their bikes and all that, you know. And man, I I had a big road trip, you know, going, you know, with everywhere. So uh, to, for them to kill it off, uh, and they had me dye my hair so many times because they, they wanted red, red, you know. And I remember my son was playing football. Uh, He's autistic, got a speech delay, doesn't matter. But uh, I'm really proud of him. 
uh, he's working and, you know, still athlete and all that. So, you know, no fault to him, but he's, I used to take him to Disney every time we went and when we moved to Universal. Like during the Olympics, we were down there for like three weeks, never came home. Um, but they put us in like the resident inn, you know, which is like a two-bedroom, three-bedroom apartment. So, yeah, why not take advantage of that? I mean, Larry's a disco. I mean, everybody was there. He's laying out by the pool. I'm a wife. She's pregnant. So, it's and then, you know, Scott Hudson and Larry's a disco did my color when I tried to thing. I used Rick Steiner, Scott Norton, Dave Taylor, Larry, you know, Larry and Scott Hudson, uh, Rick Steiner, um, Scott Norton, Dave Taylor, you know, all the, uh, Guys that could work, and just a shame that it didn't take off. With that gimmick, whose idea, though? Is it, is it Kevin Sullivan? It was Kevin idea? Sullivan. Yeah, that was all Kevin. I mean, a lot of people think it was Bishop, but it was all Kevin and Jimmy Hart. Uh, they come up with an idea and trying to direct me. They even ordered me some weird teeth that I put in my mouth, believe it or not. Uh, special orders. And I've had some girls from the office when I was going down to Disney World and doing autograph sessions that didn't even recognize me, but I scared the hell out of them. That was funny. (laughs) I just think that's such a crazy gimmick. I mean, I guess it fits the Dungeon of Doom, but it fits so crazy, I figured you wouldn't have liked it. I love it. It's hanging in my closet right now. Oh, my God. Yes, I mentioned getting rid of my uh, wife, and she jumped all down my throat. (laughs) You know, what are your kids going to want? What are your grandsons going to want? I was like, baby, I was just kidding. Why? She jumped all over me, though. Yeah, they're going to want that. But she's a, I'm really proud of her. She's a nurse, and then she's got a promotion where she's a head trainer of nurses in the whole west of Atlanta, so she's going everywhere. But I'm really proud of her and stuff, and um, she's influenced my career so many ways, I can't tell you. And supported me, you know, takes a tough one to do that. Even when you were brought on the Leprechaun, yeah. Yeah, and when I was in Japan for three weeks, you know, and uh, through video games. One time, I was making video games three weeks in Vancouver. This is before 9-11. Uh, I flew into Atlanta. Me and my wife swapped bags. I flew into Hamburg, Germany, and the guy didn't show up. So I said, take me to this hotel. And, and I'm driving past the Marriott, all these places, and they booked me in a German hotel, which agriculture-wise, oh, I can't tell you. And then I jumped on a flight the next day, flew into London, uh, sitting down to get something to eat, and they paged me at the front desk. And this uh, guy was going off, you can't, I can't make it to you. And I had to go jump on the shuttle, go over to the train, go across London. And me, we walk around three blocks, and his Range Rover was booted. So we had to jump in a taxi, and I'm looking up at the border because I had an open ticket. I was going, I'm going home. And then I realized I had uh, some of my gear left back at the hotel. So I went back and ordered room service, a few beers, and went to sleep and got up and left the next day. And I was in the power plant the next day. 
Crazy uh, life. Crazy life. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually uh drove the ring. Uh, you know, uh Thunder was filmed on Tuesday, as you know, and aired on Thursday. I've actually Joe the Ring was talking to EA and did Nitro Thunder and then went and did a house show against Chris Benoit. Uh, got in the truck and drove all the way to Atlanta, which is crazy, uh, stupid for me uh, to make that decision. But I made that decision, and that's what I did. What about a character named Jack Boot, the military man? Did you like yeah. that character? Yeah, they brought me in as that, and then I think, I don't know, I think Waco happened, so they kind of killed that off, and then I came back as uh, Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker for a while, my partner got out, and then I came back as just Sarge, because of the way I ran the boot camp, and so, so. And what about your uh, partner for the State Patrol, James Earl Ray? James Earl yeah. Ray, I'm sorry. Not James Earl Ray, you're right. James well, Earl they Ray. killed that because... <laughs> well, anyway, they killed that. They just called call him James Earl. Um, yeah, I actually, believe it or not, we come up with that deal and back up the Hart family. Uh, we heard about the stuff that was going on up there, so we decided to jump in my car and I slept while he drove and back and forth. We stopped one time to get a shower. Got the van, uh, got to Canada, Calgary. They didn't yep. have our deal there, nothing. We're waiting for him to send us there. And and then, uh, what is the, what is the oldest guy's name? Uh, Stu. Stu. He came to us and said, well, Sometimes it's not what you make, it's what you save. And we looked at what they were offering us Canadian money versus what they told us on contract. We went wrestled twice, got the belts, gave them back to them, and drove to Montana before we let them know. Uh, That's probably a bad part on our decision, but it was a decision we had to make because in three weeks we'd have been broke. So, yeah, I've done a lot of crazy stuff. And then you, is that when you ended up back in WCW? Yeah, that's where the State Patrol actually comes from. That was uh, that was their idea. And oh, my, wow. my mother was a police officer, so I was able to get all the real badges. You know, everything was real. You couldn't do that these days, I don't think, but uh, not way society is and what's happening with the police and all that, but we... We made it our own, and we owned it. So I'm happy about that, too. Didn't hit the money we thought we were going to hit, but you know what? Life is an experience, so you got to take it as it comes. No doubt about it. Now, as we hit the wind down, head towards the finish, always ask this, kind of like a generic question, but I'm always curious for myself, just maybe because I want to go back and look or go, go see, who are some of your favorite opponents that you wrestled or some of your favorite matches? Oh, my gosh. I've wrestled everybody. They're yeah, not... literally, it seems like it, yeah. Yeah, I've wrestled everybody from Hulk Hogan to Ric Flair to Sting, everybody in the business. So I look back and I think about it, 
and I'm just proud of what I've done and what I accomplished, you know, because I was able to work with, well, wrestle, I ain't going to say work, uh, with big guys and small guys, you know, and Eddie Guerrero and all them guys, you know, his, uh, I can't think of his brother's name. Uh, Chavo's cousin? Chavo. Or nephew, yeah. actually. Yeah, I have had some great matches on him. You can you go to YouTube, and Dusty's doing the commentary. God bless his soul. He had a big influence on my career, too. I can't say he didn't. Uh, man, I was surrounded by legends. So, yeah, I just, you know, kept my mouth shut and ran with the ball. I mean, it, I mean anybody that's put in that position, you know, it's tough, you know. So you got to make hard decisions really fast. So that's what I did. As far as you kind of career, like when you kind of look back at it, what do you think is the legacy just of the career, wrestling and training and, and everything you did? Well, you know, I think, well, the power plant, everybody knows the power plant. So I'm real proud of that. I'm real proud of the matches I've had. You know, I've had matches with everybody. I mean, uh, just everybody that you can have. So I've always been proud of what I, you know, was able to wrestle with and who I wrestled with. And, you know, I mean, I always fired a Samoan SWAT team and we was on with the Steiners for three weeks. And we used our nightsticks on them because, you know, if you don't hit them, they're going to hit you. <laughs> so you had to fight for what you wanted, you know, back then. You know, sometimes they just give it to them now. That's what makes me so sick. You know, as, you know, you shouldn't be hand given anything. Definitely not. It's a different, uh, different era now nowadays. Yeah, you? no doubt. I'll be honest, I can't watch it. It just makes me sick at my stomach. It's changed a lot. I mean, there's, I don't know what everybody says. The business has changed. I don't know if well, it's better, but it's changed. Vince has writers. You know, and then he'll jump out and change it the last minute and stuff. So, you know, we used to get, yeah, you're going to be in this town. I'd go sit somewhere, do my interview by myself, you know, think of it by myself and do it. And then when somebody's writing stuff for you, it just looks like a bad B movie. You know what I mean? So, yeah, the wrestling has changed a lot. Do you have any regrets in the wrestling business? No. Why should I? I, you know, I'm proud of what I've done, what I've accomplished. Sure, I'm, you know, I wish they would have clued me in with Bill. Yeah, of course. That would mean a lot for my family. But looking back at it, I'm not ashamed of it, you know. I, I missed the boat, though. And sometimes I do think about that. And I can't help thinking about that. But, you know, life is what it is. And, if you look at everything with sour apples, man, you just, you know, drive you crazy. Looking back at the power plant and all the students, do you have a, a star pupil that you you thought did, like, the, the best out of everybody? Would it be a Goldberg just because of the his star power, or would it be somebody else? Because that's not necessarily how you judge it. Well, uh, you know, Goldberg was a part of it. But Alan Funk and Chuck Colombo and all them guys in National Born Thrillers and all that stuff, 
you know, I was really proud of that. You know, I can't fault my students for making it, you know. So, yeah, I, I love the business. Uh, always have. My grandfather actually got me involved in that when I was young. Uh, we used to go watch Griffin, Georgia. They do Griffin, Georgia at midday and do the Omni at night. I'm proud I even wrestled in the Omni. You know, it's not there no more. So, yeah, I've got a long history, and, you know, I, I don't know what people think of me. I try not to think about it, but I am proud of myself and proud of the business and proud of everything. I can't say I regret anything. For you, do you have, like, social media and plugs and Stuff like yeah, that yeah, I'm all over Facebook, and uh, like I'm just down in Florida, Jacksonville was Sergeant Slaughter, I mean, Kevin Sullivan, Cactus Jack, which I've wrestled a thousand times. I've, one time, they called me because a guy wasn't going to make it, so I had to get a taxi and change into my gimmick, well, my whatever, and change it in the taxi, the bell rung, I threw my bag against the wall and went straight to the ring. <laughs> never wow. never seen him, never talked to him, never anything. And then in Japan, we got everything on tape recorder. So you don't know if they speak English unless you hit them hard enough, you know. <laughs> I've hit them so hard they went, damn, oh, you can speak English. Okay, we got something to buy by now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Stan was awesome influence on me too. Uh, he never helped anybody get anywhere. No, he sure helped us. Absolutely. Well, Sarge, it's been an honor. Thank you so much for all the time tonight. Really appreciate it. But sure, I'd like to up do to you again. and talk to WCW. Absolutely, definitely. You'd love to get. Yeah, you back I mean, on. there's still a lot to talk about. I mean, we had a lot of it tonight, but. There's so many backstories with the Iron Sheik and stuff. Uh, I mean, so many people. <laughs> you know, I could tell stories for days, <laughs> you know. so. But overall, I'm really proud of everything. We've only scratched the surface, but thank you uh, so much, Sarge. It's been an honor. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, all the time. Yes, sir. It's been my honor. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother.